Welcome to the Yahoo Finance Presents podcast. I'm Alexis Christophorus. The wall of worry for investors appears to be a mile long, from China tariffs to the Federal Reserve to the Department of Justice. And let's not forget Facebook's data scandal and its greater implications for the tech sector. Here to walk us through it all is David Nelson, chief strategist at Bell Point. David, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me. All right, let's let's start with China, shall sure. we? So I guess the real concern here is just how might China retaliate if Trump goes ahead and slaps the country with $60 billion worth of tariffs? What would that mean for the U.S. economy? I suppose if it actually happened, it would get pretty ugly and investors would be concerned and our economy should be concerned. But, you know, I've been watching this for some time and very often the, uh, the president comes out with a bombastic proposal, you know, something really big. Everybody's hair gets on fire. Everybody gets rattled. And before you know it, slowly but surely, he starts to walk it back to the center. And that line in the sand that you thought couldn't move starts to move in his direction. This could be part of that. I hope so. Maybe they'll meet somewhere in the middle. But we're going to be dealing with this for a long time. President Xi is there for life. And so uh, he's a pretty formidable competitor. And I think the president is going to have to, you know, deal with it. Are there certain sectors that should be more concerned than others? Wow, I guess it affects it all. Uh, I can't think of anything we don't sell to them. Probably a prime candidate to get hit would be Boeing. They, they've said that they're going to be selling as much as a trillion dollars worth of aircraft into that area of the world over the next decade. So they could come back there. I'm not sure where they would go. I wouldn't want to go to Airbus. They could certainly do that. Technology for sure. But part of the problem with technology is very often if you're a technology company, you go over there to get access to their consumers, you got to hand over a lot of your intellectual property. That's a lot of what the president is talking about, and in particular, Peter Navarro, who's the architect of this. So you hand all of, over that intellectual pro property, and a few years down the road, they say, you know what, we don't really need you anymore. I think that's the dynamic they want to change. For sure, that the White House wants to change. Yeah, for sure. And also, it seems as though China wants to uh, hit Trump where it hurts, which would be his base, and they want to slap tariffs on farmed goods coming into their country. For sure. And th and that's the center of the country. And th and that's, you know, where he did so, so well. You know, the Democratic, you know, strength is really on the coast. His is certainly in, in the middle of the country. They put on tariffs on food, but food, where are they going to go for that? You know, so that could be a threat as, as well. It's part of this orchestrated game of geopolitical conflict here. And like it or not, on a geopolitical level, an economical level, and now even on a military level, you know, they're an adversary. And we're going to be dealing with this for some time. I want to switch gears and talk uh, Federal Reserve, yeah. which is now headed by someone new, Jerome Powell. How important is it for him to set the right tone for the markets early on? And what would that tone be? It's a tough job. And, you know, today you, you almost have to perform. you got to perform in front of Congress. You know, he has to talk in front of them. At least today when he speaks, he's going to be talking uh, to what I call professionals, people who understand the economy. They're, they're economic reporters. You know, when you're talking in front of Congress, they're always trying to get grandstand and talk about something, you know, that's relative to their state that has nothing to do with the Federal Reserve. So he'll be talking and trying to set that tone. I think he wants to set the tone. The economy is really strong. But what I'm hoping he doesn't do is make, you know, some of the mistakes he's already stumbled with. In his Humphrey Hawkins testimony in front of the House Financial Services Committee, he was uh, just his, his, his prepared text got a standing ovation by the stock market. And before you knew it, we were down a couple hundred points simply because he had said, you know, the economy is a little stronger than I expected. And 
everybody you know extrapolated that into four four rate hikes this year, and hence the market went down. And right now, the difference between four and three seems to be a pretty pretty important dynamic for investors. If it's four rate hikes this year, what does that mean? For some investors, they're going to pull the ripcord. Simply mm-hmm. as that, uh, they they think, you know, the Fed has been very very friendly, obviously over the last decade. You know, they've been very accommodative. I want to see them unwind this. We all want to see them succeed. They got a massive balance sheet. My concern is that the yield curve might start to flatten if they do this too fast, because the long end of the curve isn't responding. They're raising on the short end. Long rates aren't. And you start to get that flat curve. People will fear that there's a recession coming. So I don't think they want to do that. Maybe they'll keep on hiking, but at the very least, they'll walk back some of that harsh rhetoric or let it morph into something a little more benign. Doesn't the Federal Reserve, though, need to basically build a cushion? I mean, rates were so long, were so low for so long. Would it be so horrible to raise rates gradually uh, and in small increments four times this year? I hope not, because we might get that. But and I, I get the fact. They, they've got to reload. They've got no ammunition right now, certainly not enough. And there's going to be, at some point, we're going to have a downturn, and they're going to have to you know, do something to get more accommodative. But the, you know, doing this in a measured pace, I think that would be the right thing for investors. It's the right thing for our economy, because the wealth effect from the stock market is a big part of that feel-good atmosphere that we have out there. Absolutely. Take that away, and, and that dynamic changes. So if they slow it down just a touch— uh, I suppose one of the other things they could do is if the long end doesn't respond, they could, you know, unwind that balance sheet a little faster. There's mm-hmm. some risk to that, uh, doing that. It's What would the risks be? Some of the risks is going to cost us more to fund uh, our deficit, uh, for sure. You know, the government's going to have to deal with that. The president likes low rates, and that's starting to go away. And at some point in time, as long rates go up, eventually it becomes competitive for the stock market. I think we're a long way from that point, mm-hmm. but eventually it's going to hurt. Now, I know you're not a fan of the press conferences that the Fed chairperson holds after uh, two-day meetings. So that ha- is happening four times a year. There was some speculation Powell may want to move that to after every meeting, which would mean press conferences eight times a year. <laughs> I would think that more transparency is a good thing. More information is a good thing. You know, these these guys want to be rock stars, you know, and they, you get in front of the media, the lights hit you, you know, oh, you're in front it? of the Yeah, I think that's part of it. You know, you become the center of attention, the center of the universe. Maybe that's part of it. Yet transparency is good. But the biggest problem with that is that we parse every single word and sentence. They literally count the words. And, and right after his speech, they'll, you'll be looking at the statement. You'll see little X's and O's. This is, he said this. He didn't say this word this time. He didn't use the word gradual. Oh, my God, the economy then, must be falling apart. And then apart. it's what does gradual mean? Exactly. <laughs> it can mean different things to different people. If we went back to the old way, you know, they wouldn't say anything. And then we would just, you know, talk about it. And we, we, we try to guess on it. My problem with it now is he's going to say something. But they, they need a communications director because they got to rein these guys together. Because even with Yellen, she would say something. And then over the next couple of weeks, every Fed governor would be in front of a, a press conference or the Harvard Club or an interview on, 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 on Yahoo mm-hmm. talking about it. And they, they say the exact opposite, confusing us even more. So I'm not even sure we get anything good out of it. So we don't want them to operate in a vacuum. But you're saying that maybe too much information, too much talking confuses and clouds the issue. Just put a co- cohesive message uh, mm. out there. Put out something, stick to it, Put it, make it as a policy, but don't all go off in eight different directions. What do you think uh, the possibility of a trade war, how, how will the Fed 
factor that into the interest rate equation this year? Well, if they really believe a trade war is going to bring this economy down, then they're going to have to rethink what they're doing. Because part of the reason they're raising rates and, and comfortably raising rates, they, they kept them low for almost a decade. So part of the reason they're doing that is because the economy is picking up steam. We're starting to see it everywhere. There's a couple of data points that are soft. But by and large, investors feel good. The 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 the, the public feels good. You know, They're starting to see higher paychecks. That starts to go away because of some kind of trade war, a real trade war. Uh, then they're going to have to change and walk back a lot of that harsh rhetoric. I want to move over to Facebook because what what's happening with Facebook is really not just a Facebook story. It's a story about the larger tech industry, and you know all this panic over Facebook. The stock has been uh, falling dramatically over the past few days. Do you believe it is creating a buying opportunity for investors who wanted to get into Facebook but couldn't afford it? Probably. Uh, at this point, I, unknown. Uh, certainly it's cheap enough. It's, uh, frank, frankly, it's too cheap. If the estimates that I'm seeing, and I haven't seen any estimates. I checked just before I came here. None of the estimates have come in. And right now you're looking at a company that's probably going to go revenue top line about almost 40 percent for 2018. That's staggering. Mm -hmm. And the company's trading at under 20 times earnings as we speak. Very cheap for, for, for a stock like, like this. I think what investors are concerned about is the business model might be forced to change. And if you change that, then you got to redo everything. And, and I don't know the answer to that uh, at this point. The larger issue is, is, is how we're dealing with this maybe as a society. You know, it's, it's upon us as well. It's not just a technology problem. This is our society. This is how we live today. Some may choose not to live this way. They may want another, another, so another model. To go off the grid, so to speak? Go off the grid. And I was thinking about, well, suppose you tried to do that with Facebook. You could try to delete it. That's going to be pretty tough. Mm -hmm. Or you could say, I want to stay on, but I don't want my data out there. Well, Facebook is likely to come back. That's great. Sure, we, we won't use your data because we make money off of that. But we got to charge you $50 a month to be on Facebook. Uh -huh. How many people will leave? They have to make their money somehow. So if, if Facebook is forced to change their business model, what are the implications for Facebook-like companies? Huge. Uh, I, I don't even know where to start mm. with it. it. It's such a mind-boggling issue. You know, Google certainly falls into that camp. Netflix falls into that camp because data is everything. I mean, these models where you come in and it doesn't seem like you're paying anything for it. Google, I do a Google search. You're paying for it. One way or the other, we're all paying for this. These companies are worth you know, half a trillion dollars for some of them, and Apple is now going to be worth a trillion dollars. So it's big money. And if you take that as a revenue source away from them, they got to get it somehow. So you're going to hear a lot of things from Congress. There's going to be a lot of bill proposals. Mark Zuckerberg is going to have to appear on both sides of the Atlantic in front of committees, and he's going to have to apologize. You know, he's going to have to eat, literally go eat out some there. some crow, huh? He's going to have to eat some crow, yeah. Do you think that in time, it probably won't happen uh, overnight, but in time, there will be regulation of this industry? My guess is, yes, it's going to change. It's, it's certainly going to change. I, I think you're going to hear a lot of proposals. Most of them will be off the wall, and most of it will be grandstanding in an election year. But I think there are things that, that can be done. Certainly a data breach where the data gets outside of your control because somebody got inside your company. This is not the case. This was they gave the data out there and they give it to academics all the time. I think they shouldn't be surprised that once it leaves your your safe, safe, safety uh, box, uh, once it leaves your, you your don't building, have control you don't over have it. control over it anymore. So we shouldn't be surprised at that. But I think it behooves us as, as consumers as well. 
to maybe you don't put every piece of your personal life out there, things you don't want known. Maybe you don't give out everything. Maybe, maybe this is a wake-up call. Maybe it's a wake-up call for us. I've been saying it about news. I I now check things on Facebook because things seem to come across. I got, I knew I was right. It's it that, and then I read the story a little. That's too good to be true. And I start <laughs> checking. It was tailored just for you, David. It was tailored just for me. And I go out and look. I can't find anything else like it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So do you think that this sell-off we're seeing in Facebook, this rethinking of possibly the business model for other companies like it, is a precursor for a deeper sell-off in the tech sector? There's two things going on in the sector, uh, tech sector. One, we've just talked, been talking about one. The other is this sector was where all the profits were. So- if you're going to have a sell-off, people have a tendency to sell what's up the most. And certainly technology fit that bill up far more than the rest of the market. Even at the beginning of the year, it was well, well above the rest of the market. So reversion to the mean is a very powerful force here. So I think we'll, we'll, we'll get that. But I don't think the semiconductor industry is part of that uh, issue in terms of this. So it's, it's going to hurt certain fun- companies. I look at a Facebook. I look at... Uh, even in Apple, some of these companies, they're not even tech companies anymore. They're consumer staples. They're things that we almost can't live without mm-hmm. uh, anymore. Facebook is as much a user of technology as it is a technology company. So it's just one of those things. It's like cigarettes from 30 years ago. Yeah. We just were addicted to it. We are. Um, you actually say that the Robert Mueller Russia investigation is one of the biggest headwinds to the stock market? My biggest my biggest concern uh is and I, I don't care which side of the political aisle uh, people live on, uh, but regardless of that, you know, the stocks that you own, if you're in the market in some way or other, this administration has helped you out and the policies have helped you out. Anything that disrupts that rhetoric could affect stocks and affect the markets. And if the Mueller investigation actually makes its way into the White House, all right, and meaning people there are implicated, people there are implicated, and it actually gets to the ultimate end. We know where this wants to go. Okay, if it goes there and that happens, then there's going to be a huge disruption in the market. Meaning that Trump would be forced to step down if he was forced to step down. Anything anything like that. You know, uh, the worse it gets, the worse it gets for the Trump administration, the worse it gets for the market. And it's probably the biggest headline that that's likely to come. The biggest problem I have with it is that these special investigations, they have a life of their own. And very often the original mandate that they set out to cover gets lost in the sauce because they're investigating people and you investigate one person, you're likely to find something and, oh, I got to investigate that. So you go down that rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. These things can go on for years. So any hope of this wrapping up in 2018, that's been shattered for me. This is going on until 2019. Really? Do you think think so? Can it dog the president throughout his his first term? Yeah. If there was a second term, but but during his tenure? Yeah, and it's certainly going to weigh, it's certainly going to weigh on the midterms uh, coming up in November. Uh, It's going to be this, it's, it's going to be something you run on uh, in there, and it's going to be a very, very interesting election. Do you think that Mueller gets fired? No. I know there's a lot of talk about that, and certainly the president has alluded to that for sure. Just you look at his tweets out there. I think he says things like that. I think he'd like to fire him, but I think he's got voices in that room saying you can't do that. That would create probably a constitutional crisis, and I, I don't think the Republicans want to go there. Certainly the Democrats would love to see it go there, but um, I don't think 
I don't think that's going to happen. I certainly hope not. All right. David Nelson of Bell Point, thank you so much for speaking with us on, on an array of different topics regarding uh, the stock market and investor concerns right now. We'll be checking back with you soon. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Yahoo Finance Presents podcast. I'm Alexis Christophorus. Be sure to rate, review, and share this podcast. And remember to subscribe so you never miss an episode. 